And uh, that comes by uh, way of, of being in the Word of God, being in God's house on a regular basis, uh, prayer, uh, those types of things. And uh, so isn't it wonderful that, uh, you know, the, uh, the love of God, it doesn't just kind of get to a certain point and stop. It's, it's new, amen, uh, every morning. And, and I want to praise the Lord for that. Thank you, Miss Becky. I, I love that sound, too. It's a, a very beautiful sound. All right, so uh, go ahead and... Uh, take your Bibles and turn into the book of First Samuel. We've been in the Old Testament uh, today, this week, and, and we're going to continue to stay in the Old Testament. The book of First Samuel, chapter 19. We'll get to the uh, text in just a moment. Got a few things I want to say. And First uh, Samuel, chapter 19, we're going to be talking about uh, another a time in David's life, a very difficult time in David's life. He's running for, for his life from uh, King Saul at this time. And uh, as a matter of fact, King Saul by this time has really made it a public announcement, if you will, that he wants David dead. There was no doubt about it. Uh, he had went from eyeing David to outright trying to kill him. Um, David, of course, you know, this still isn't too far out from him really becoming an instant hero uh, with his defeat of Goliath. Uh, but it doesn't take long for him to be running for his life. And at this time, now not from his own wrongdoing, uh, this was a point in David's life. He hasn't always done right, but at this point, he really had done nothing wrong. As a matter of fact, he was doing a lot of things right, but he found his life a mess, you know. And, and that happens to us at times. Um, and David uh, needed to talk to someone, and uh, he decided to go, and, and uh, uh, I, I'm, a, I'm making some assumptions here, but I believe they could be true. And he decided to go and see his preacher, Samuel. You know, Samuel, is, I think, is often overlooked as a man of God sometimes. Uh, but uh, David, uh, he wanted to talk to the man of God. And the title of the message tonight is When It's Time to Talk to the Preacher. And that's not really so much about talking to the preacher. Uh, but uh, certainly God will put people in our lives to help us to grow, uh, particularly through difficult times. And and we're going to learn, as we probably already know, the Bible teaches us not just here but throughout the whole Bible that, that uh, God uses tough times in our life to condition us and to build us up uh, in order to accomplish His will. And uh, David was going through one of those times, but like, like anyone, he, he needed some uh, godly counsel and godly advice. I have it on my notes, you can just listen, but Hebrews chapter 13 verse 17 tells us, uh, Obey them that have the rule over you. Uh, don't get all bogged down on that world rule over you or submit, uh, but just, just listen to what the Bible says. Obey them that have the rule over you. Submit yourselves, and here's why. For they watch for your souls as they that must give account. And certainly preachers will have to give an account uh, for those that uh, God uh, has uh, used to uh, try to feed the flock perhaps. Uh, but it goes on to say that they may do it with joy and not with grief. But it goes on to say, for that is, not, for that is unprofitable for you. In other words, when you don't see your pastor. You know, I, I've mentioned that the de-emphasizing of, of the local New Testament church has really hurt us in a lot of ways. Uh, and I say us, believers. And one thing, too, that, that when we de-emphasize church, we de-emphasize everything that's connected to it as well. And certainly, and I'm not going to preach on this. We've already talked about this not too long ago. Uh, but uh, it's a shame that, that uh, a lot of folks, uh, and, and again, this is a wonderful church. You guys, man, you guys are great. I'm not preaching this because there's problems, but, but we want to keep it that way, amen. And, and uh, the, the thing is, is that uh, a lot of people just simply don't see the man of God. They don't see their pastors the way they need to. 
and, and that hurts them, uh, spiritually speaking even. And so God gives us those that, as it says there in Hebrews, that watch for our souls. He gives us preachers, pastors, if you will. And, and certainly there's other people in our lives as well. Uh, but uh, uh, certainly pastors are responsible to God, again, on your behalf, as uh, Hebrews 13, 17 teaches us. Um, you know, as uh, over the years, you know, I have uh, uh, been in those heartbreaking situations and moments in people's lives and and uh, preacher, uh, you know, uh, found out today I'm going to be losing my job. And preacher, I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, preacher, I, I want to let you know that, that uh, you know, my, my wife's leaving me. Uh, my husband's leaving me. Um, uh, preacher, would, would you please pray for us? Our, our daughter has, has run away. Uh, preacher, I found out the other day that my son has been doing drugs. You know, the, the list goes on. And, and uh uh, you know, we find out about sicknesses, those types of things. And, and again, those are heartbreaking times. We know that we uh, live in a world of heartache and, and sorrow. Uh, we understand that. Of course, if we understand our Bible, we really know the real reason for all that. Um, but when we hurt, we, we need to hear God's voice and uh, God gives us uh, uh, men of God and, and even women of God, uh, you know, fellow Christians, brothers and sisters in Christ, not that they're the voice of God, but to help us to hear the, word, the, the voice of God. And I think that's important because, you know, we, we've all been through something tonight. Maybe you're going through something now or, or you will be going through something, uh, you know, as life goes on. And so David was looking for counsel uh, and he went to see Samuel and, uh, you know, uh, it tells us in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 5, A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. And certainly Samuel uh, was a wise man of God. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about, uh, you know, some more about that in just a moment. But uh, I want you to go ahead and stand with me, if you will, as we kind of get some background here about a time in David's life, uh, in, if you'll stand in reverence to the Word of God, if you're physically able, that is. But 1 Samuel chapter 19, we're going to begin with verse 1 and uh, read about 10 verses, and then we're going to read another verse. It won't take long. Uh, I think most of us know the situation with uh, King Saul and David tonight. Uh, but it, it says there in verse 19, chapter 1, And Saul spake to Jonathan his son, and of course we know that Jonathan and David were very close. The Bible says that their souls were knit together. And Saul spake to Jonathan his son and to all his servants that they should kill David. But Jonathan, Saul's son, delighted much in David. And Jonathan told David, saying, Saul, my father, seeketh to kill thee. Now therefore I pray thee, take heed to thyself until the morning, and abide in a secret place and hide thyself. So he's giving him some warning here. And uh, we see here, and here's what I wanted to read uh, about, I mentioned earlier that David really had done nothing wrong. And we see this in, in uh, Jonathan's conversation with his father concerning David. And verse 3 says, And I will go out and stand beside my father in the field where thou art, and I will commune with my father of thee, and what I see, that, will, uh, that I will tell thee. And here's the conversation, And Jonathan spake good of David. So he's talking to, to Saul now. And Jonathan spake good of David unto Saul his father, and said unto him, Let not the king sin against his servant, against David, because he hath not sinned against thee. And because his works have been to thee word very good. 
For he did put his life in his hand and slew the Philistine, and the Lord wrought a great salvation for all Israel. Thou sawest and did rejoice. Uh, wherefore then wilt thou sin against innocent blood to slay David without a cause? And notice verse 6, And Saul hearkened unto the voice of Jonathan, and Saul sware, As the Lord liveth, he shall not be slain. And Jonathan called David, and Jonathan shewed him all these, those things. And Jonathan brought David to Saul, and he was in his presence as in times past. So uh, Saul seems to have uh, said, Okay, I, I'm, I don't want to kill him anymore, but we know that uh, that would turn out not to be true. And there was war again, and David went out and fought with the Philistines and slew them with a great slaughter, and they fled from him. You know, that's what got all this started, you see, when David first started leading and, and uh, uh, into battle. Uh, the, the ladies would sing about uh, Saul's thousands and David's ten thousands, and, and the Bible says that Saul began to eye him after that. And uh, so now David's out battling again, and the Bible doesn't say here, but I'm sure that... Uh, the Lord was really blessing David in these battles, and people were excited about David. Verse 9, And the evil spirit from the Lord was upon Saul, as he sat in his house with his javelin in his hand, and David played with his hand, uh, that is, his harp. And Saul sought to smite David even to the wall with the javelin, uh, but he slipped away out of Saul's presence, and he smote the javelin into the wall. So I guess uh, not harming him was out the window. And David fled and escaped that night, and as you read on down, he goes to his house where, remember, he's married to Saul's daughter and, and uh, he knows he needs to get out and she lets him down in a basket uh, out of the city there and he escapes. And we skip on down to verse 18. And so David fled and escaped and came to Samuel in Ramah and told him all that Saul had done to him. And he and Samuel went and dwelt in Nioth. Father, we ask your blessing upon the preaching of the Word of God here tonight. Father, help us to understand some things so we kind of get a background of the story here. And uh, Father, make some application of our own. As I said a while ago, we all go through things at certain times. Maybe tonight we're going through something right now, some of us. Uh, Lord, certainly in the future there's a good chance we'll be going through some things, uh, Father, as you tarry. Uh, so Lord, help us to get a hold of some things, understand some things. Of course, Lord, if there's anyone here tonight that doesn't know Christ as their Savior, I pray, dear Lord, that they, Lord, that they would see their need to be saved, even in this message. And, Father, they would come and ask Christ to forgive them of their sin. Father, help us. We'll thank you for it. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. All right, you can go ahead and be seated. So David needed to be surrounded by godly influence. In other words, godly companionship. Um, and certainly that is needful. Uh, you know, if there was ever a day and age where we needed some godly uh, a godly environment, it's today, amen? And he needed someone who understood as a believer would understand. Um, he needed somebody that, that loved God. He needed somebody that feared God. Uh, and certainly needed somebody that was living for God. And so that's what I mean when we say we need godly people to counsel us. Uh, I think that that's very important. And David had came to the to point in his life really that he understood that only godly counsel was going to help him. And may I just say here for just a second, folks, that we don't need secular counsel. Amen. I mean, if you need some street smarts, I suppose somebody out there could probably help you in that area, not necessarily a Christian. But if we really want some things that, that are going to bless our life, uh, we need godly counsel. 
And I say that because I think sometimes even Christians fall into this trap. In other words, we're looking for help, we're looking for answers in the wrong places. Uh, we're going to the wrong people. Uh, you know, if, if, if a marriage is in trouble, perhaps we'll pick up the latest magazine or a book on the subject or, you know, watch a show or something and, you know, we're, we're dealing with, uh, you know, I'm amazed at, at, at all the things, and, and I just want to be careful here, but, you know, I hear a lot of things, a lot of young mothers particularly today, talking about all these books that they read and all these things on how to rear children, yet hardly are they looking at the Word of God. I say that's a problem. Uh, because what worries me that is we might get uh, advice, whether we hear it on TV or read it in a book, the, these things are developed by people who could most likely are lost. <laughs> Man, you know, I, I've been, you know, I want to be careful here. I'm, I'm not much on psychology. I studied psychology just a little bit and realized that, you know, it just isn't compatible with, with the Holy Spirit of God, in my opinion. And, you know, we go see a therapist or maybe a psychiatrist, if you will, Yet, again, that psychiatrist has probably never, never read a verse of Scripture in their life. And, and I'm just trying to say, I'm not against psychiatrists, but, but I just want you to understand, we need to be careful where we're getting our direction. Amen? Uh, I, I, I want somebody that loves the Lord, first of all. Amen? I want somebody who knows the Word of God themselves and, and uh, somebody that's saved and on their way to heaven. That's, that's who we need to see sometimes. Amen? Uh, and I believe that sometimes God does bring us uh, to a point, people to a point, when really all they want is an answer from God. And I say, man, that's good. And uh, so tonight we're going to see that God was preparing David for great things. Again, conditioning him. And uh, in other words, David would go on to do some great things, but he had to be conditioned first. And, and so God is certainly using even this time of burden in David's life uh, to, to grow him, and he does the same for us as well. Uh, it sounds kind of funny, maybe odd to the natural man, but, but God, when he wants to build us up, typically what he'll start off first doing is breaking us. You know, and, and we don't, you know, that doesn't make sense to us. In today's culture, you're supposed to encourage and, you know, tell people that they're great, you know, even when they're not, and you know, but, but God wants us to come to the end of ourselves and then he starts laying some foundational things. And he does the same for us. And I believe this is how he was working in David's life. And so number one here, the burden. David had burdens, and I'm sure we all got burdens tonight at some time. You know, you think about David here. He started out as a shepherd boy, minding his own business, business and, uh, and then uh, all of a sudden there he is. He's He's facing and killing a giant and rescuing literally all of Israel. <laughs> um, uh, yet, it really, all it brought him, if you read the scriptures, um, as he grew in, into a, a warrior, it really just brought him more burdens, you know. Um, uh, now, he had a jealous king who wanted him dead and and uh, Saul would even send David to war, hoping he would die in battle and send him on these ridiculous missions. And even later would use his own daughter who was married to David to try to kill David. And, and David's burdens would continue to grow. Um, 
And, you know, as I said, soon it wasn't just Saul trying to kill him, but, but uh, it's made public. And there were others out that were, you know, loyal to Saul that, that wanted to, to see David dead. And, and remember, he had done nothing wrong. He actually was doing everything right. And, and uh, David's burdens would, would uh, continue to grow. We read there where his friend Jonathan, the son of Saul, tried to fix all these things and saw a little glimpse of hope there, but, but Paul's rage overcame. And, and now David, again, was being basically hunted like an animal. He's on the run. He's alone. He's scared. He's confused. Not sure he can trust. Uh, and, and you can't help but think, you know, as he was being let down in that basket, perhaps, and trying to find a place to go, that, you know, boy, I wish I'd have never even seen that giant. You know, I liked it better out there, you know, in, in the woods, <laughs> in the wilderness. Uh, just me and the sheep and playing my harp, amen. And uh, I, I, can, I can identify with that, amen. And, and uh, boy, it was just a lot easier. Well, every once in a while, I had to kill a bear or a lion, but outside of that, it was pretty good. And so now I have all these problems. But as I said, David was, was learning some things, and, and uh, although he may not have known it at the time, certainly he would come to this point, and hopefully you and I know this tonight, that, that we learn when we're burdened. You know, it's, it's just a fact of life, and God allows that. I, I wish I knew the exact reason why God does it that way, but he's God, and he knows what we need. But when it comes to learning, when it comes to growing, that is, growing in the things of God. God allows burdens into our life, and maybe tonight, even tonight, you're having a hard time. Maybe it's not a huge thing, but it's a small thing. Maybe it is a huge thing. I don't know. Maybe it's the hardest thing you've ever faced. But certainly we know it's a fact of life. Job tells us in Job 14, 1, man, man that is born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. And certainly we understand that. Uh, some burdens, no doubt, come from neglect and rebellion on our part. We get out of the will of God. But some of our burdens, God has just simply called us to carry. And that's difficult sometimes. But as I go back to what I said about being broken, burdens do that. They are, they are made to break you. And I'm not talking about smashing you into nothing, but to humble you and get you to understand some things. You know, this is July. We... Uh, celebrated Independence Day, and, and uh, independence uh, often means freedom. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes we say we're, we're independent. In other words, we're, we're, we're self-sufficient. I don't really see that, but, but true independence uh, for the Christian and looking at it from freedom, uh, from a freedom standpoint, uh, Jesus says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So true independence really for the Christian means dependence on God. You can't truly be independent tonight. You can't truly be free tonight, certainly from the bondage of sin, uh, if you're not saved. And so it's our dependence on God that gives, gives us independence. You know, David, I don't think David was, was lacking uh, in confidence before Saul sought his life. It mentioned a while ago. The Bible tells he killed a bear, he killed a lion, he killed a giant. Uh, you could humanly say, even at a young age, David was, was independent. Uh, 
But, you know, in other words, he, he did those things. Yes, it was his hands that did those things, but, but the Bible says of David that he was a man after God's own heart. So it was his dependence upon God that, that gave him that, that independence, if you mean. And as I said a while ago, now he's running from, from Saul, running to Samuel. And again, he had to be thinking, as many of us have often thought when we've been through similar things, why, why Lord, did, you know, did I do something wrong? You know, what, what, what am I facing this for? Um, but uh, God is all-knowing, and, and again, uh, we've talked about how he sees the past, the present, the future, all at the same time. And we don't know, but, but a lot of times, you know, we just, we just don't know. You know, the Bible says that we need to take heed uh, lest we fall. Um, you know, it could be that, that uh, David uh, might have grown proud. You know, there was a time later on in his life when he did, when he wanted to number everyone. Remember that? And, and it could be that, that uh, David, uh, had God not put him through this burden, and again, the Bible doesn't reveal this, but, but other passages certainly would point to this, that maybe he could have grown proud in his accomplishments, but, but God loves him so much that he burdened David. And now he was breaking him, breaking him for a great purpose someday. And he'll do the same for us as well. I said a while ago, this passage really probably could be more about how God was conditioning David, and he was conditioning him. He was breaking him, building up that strong foundation and, and that breaking come by troubles and trials, tribulations. And certainly those things make us stronger. I know that's hard to understand sometimes. See, we... We have the tendency to think that, that, uh, that me being strong in spirit makes me strong. But the Bible teaches different, doesn't it? You know, when I am weak, thou art, finish it, strong. You see, the, the more of me that's dead, the greater God is in me. Amen. And I know that's hard to, to understand sometimes. So, so, so breaking, uh, trials, tribulations, troubles, they, they all come in some type of form of a burden, if you will. Uh, and David, because David, although he's facing some great challenges here, he would go on to face even greater challenges on his way to the throne. And so, you know, God was, was um, uh, conditioning him. Years ago... I met this sweet, sweet couple. I, I would say that they're probably both in heaven by now. They were up there in age, and this has been a long time ago. And uh, we had a Wallace and Mary in the church that I pastored, but it's, it's not the same Wallace and Mary, but it was Wallace and Mary Romines. And what a great couple. And I went and visited them one day, and I talked of, they talked of their marriage, and, and they had been through a lot, a great deal with deaths and stuff. They were great a great couple, wonderful Christians, and they had a lot of trials and troubles along the way and, and shared some of those. But they, they would talk and how God had always been faithful, always pulled them through when, when things really seemed hopeless. When they, a lot of times they didn't even know how they were going to feed their children, and, and God would bless. Uh, and they, they told me those stories. And uh, as they were telling the story, they're both... Uh, you know, they're not talking over one another, but they're both being equally, you know, vocal about these things. And uh, uh, they both, at the same time, uh, said that it made their marriage stronger. That's how they said it. But it made us stronger. And what was neat about it is I was sitting in front of them. As they said it, now they're not looking at one another, 
But as they said it, their hands met in the middle between them. It's just like they automatically knew the other one was coming. And uh, they, they clasped uh, hands there. And, and again, that was just a, a special moment. I'll never forget that, that, that time. But again, they understood burdens and how they, how they uh, strengthen us. Problems and burdens that, that break us uh, build strong foundations. And, and again, that might be hard to understand for the natural man, but when we're broken, when we're at the end of our rope, uh, it brings us to a place of dependence on Him. You know, uh, where could I go but to the Lord? Um, you see, and... and, and we can then truly realize, as the Bible tells us, that all things are possible uh, through him. Amen? That most likely would not come about any other way, by the way, if, if not going through that burden. So being broken makes us stronger. Uh, so God, the burdens come. Uh, he allows those burdens to come, and they soften us, and, and uh, we uh, become broken and dependent upon God. Uh, and then there's the blessings. Amen? You see, God's good. Uh, God's good, right? Y'all believe God's good tonight? I believe God's good. Well, we all think that we've gotten better than we deserve tonight. Oh, yeah, we've gotten better than we deserve, that's for sure. So there's blessings. You know, I realize there's even some people out there, and, and, and I, I get it. You know, there's, there's some preachers out there that, you know, think that if you're not suffering, you're not living for Jesus. <laughs> but uh, uh, God doesn't always want us to hurt. Amen? I mean, do you want your children to hurt? No, God doesn't want us to always hurt. Uh, his purpose, again, when those burdens come and breaking us, is not just simply to make a point, uh, to push us into the ground, but let's all admit, you know, if, if we respond properly, trouble brings us closer to God. You know? Uh, and if you want a blessing, you have to be close to God. Your blessings are determined on your closeness to God. And if burdens bring us closer to God, then there's going to be blessings. You know, I mentioned those instances when folks have come to me, you know, with, with things in their life, and that's certainly heartbreaking. Um, you know, they come to the point of brokenness. They come talk to the preacher, and that's what they should do. And, and uh, you know, it's, you know that's always sad to see. But, but there's also an other side of that as well. Uh, preacher, uh, uh, my daughter came home. Uh, preacher, my son's off the drugs. Uh, uh, preacher, our, our marriage is, is doing well now. Um, and it's amazing, you know, when you see that, you know, I see newness in them. Uh, they appear to be closer to God, and, and so we can praise the Lord for that. And certainly they had been burdened, they had been broken, but, but God had blessed them as well. And uh, as you guys hear me say, God doesn't love anybody in the world today any more than he loves you. And he'll do the same for your, your life as well. And God would eventually bless David greatly. Most of us know what would happen. And uh, the times of sorrow that he had in his life certainly drew him closer to God. He wasn't perfect. He certainly made mistakes. But it certainly made him a better king. And, and our troubles in life will certainly draw us closer to him if we allow it, you know. Uh, as I've told you before, it's not just making it through a hard time, but how it leaves you on the other side. And certainly, you know, we need to always remember that. But if we respond to it correctly, if we allow God to, to work in our lives, to break us, if you will, come to the end of ourselves, 
it makes us better. It makes us better parents, grandparents, better brothers and sisters, makes you a better coworker, what have you. Just throw whatever you want in there. I'm just telling you, it makes you a better Christian. Do we not want to be better Christians tonight? I, I, want, to be, I want to be a better Christian. Uh, and when, uh, as I said a while ago, which certainly means uh, bringing uh, more, more blessings into our life, even on this side of eternity, and God will bless us if we look to Him in times of trouble. Um, he uses that trouble to draw us close to Him. David went and talked to his preacher. But really what he was actually doing is he was wanting to turn to God. And uh, that's, we need to do the same thing. You know, sometimes we think of, of kneeling at the cross. You know, we, we believe in an empty cross tonight. Amen. Our, Sin debt has been paid. So what we mean by that is sometimes we just need to go to the cross, kneel at the cross and remember what God's done for us and that God loves us. Um, you know, he, he died for us. He saved us from our sin. And certainly He can bless our life um, on this earth. And sometimes I think we ought to just thank God for the cross. So I'm going to ask you, if you will, as our pianist comes, to stand with your heads bowed, just... I want to give you one last thing to remember. I just want you to focus uh, on, on my voice here for just a moment. And every head bowed and every eye closed as uh, Miss Layla comes. You know, if we're not careful, burdens can become a distraction. And we can allow that to allow us to lose sight that someday... In other words, we're going through this burden. We're going through a hard time. We're dealing with something. And if we're not careful, we'll allow that to distract us, to forget that if you're saved tonight, that you're, you're on your way to heaven. Hey, man. I, hey, guys, I don't know about you, but some days this is all I got. <laughs> you know, I'll be honest. Uh, not that I should feel this way, but there's some days that... Boy, I'm just kind of down in the mouth. I'm discouraged. And then some days I think, thank you, Lord, there's coming a day when I won't have to deal with this anymore. One day, you'll shed this old body, this old earthly tabernacle. Can I get a witness on that one? And the Bible teaches us that we will fly past the moon and the stars, the sun, that there's going to come a time in our existence, listen now, when you're going to breathe the air of heaven and walk the streets of gold. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? You're going to touch the nail-scarred hands of Jesus Christ. You're going to look into the face of the one who saved you by His grace. Hallelujah. So I don't know what kind of burden you're going through, but I can tell you this, if you're saved, that burden will never take that away. Amen. There's going to come a day when we will lay our burdens down for good. So we just got this little while. Just this little while. Just a little while. You just keep living for the Lord. And remember, He's using that burden to strengthen you. I, I, I believe this may not be theologically correct, but I, I just there's a part of me that just believes I was studying this evening that that the burdens that we go through when we handle them correctly, I believe will just make heaven a little bit better. Amen.
Amen. You could look at a burden tonight as seasoning. <laughs> seasoning. You say, preacher, I got a lot of seasoning. Well, amen. Is that not why we say heaven's sounding sweeter all the time? Father, I give this invitation over to you tonight. I hope that it was an encouragement and a blessing to all that are here. Again, Lord, I, I tried to gear this toward the believer. I believe that's what you'd have me do tonight, Lord. But there may be some here tonight that are not saved. Lord, I hope everybody is saved. Could be everyone is. But Lord, only you know hearts. So I pray, Lord, if there's anyone here that's not sure, Father, not 100% sure that they're saved, that certainly they would come during this invitation. And Lord, those that are saved, that we might just come. And again, if we're carrying some type of burden, that we might just come and ask your will in that. And Father, to, to use it to grow us, to draw us closer to you. Maybe just come to thank you, Lord, that uh, one of these days we're going to make heaven our home. Let us spend some time here at the altar of God tonight. Whatever burden we may have. Maybe we need to pray for someone tonight. Maybe we got a sick loved one. Maybe we got somebody on our heart tonight that needs to be saved. And we just want to come and pray that God will get a hold of their heart and that we can be used in some way to share the gospel with them. There's many, many needs here tonight, Lord. Help us not to leave here with any unfinished business with you. We'll thank you for it, love you for it. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen and amen.